Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. Today, we are joined by Nicola McKenzie of DM Mortgages. And the reason for that is such a significant time now with interest rates just gone up by 0.75%. Welcome, Nicola. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I think it's very important that we get the information to people now because people are worried, they're scared, they're not sure what to do. um, And you're at the sharp end of that. How have you found it so far? I bet your inbox has been very busy, Nicola. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, We have found it. The thing is as well, Ken, I mean, a lot of the headlines, I think what we've been telling our clients is try not to worry and panic. I think at the moment there are a lot of headlines that are designed to create a reaction. People have to remember that. So, And then that's not me kind of, um, you know, minimising what's happening. Of course, this is going to affect many, many people. People are going to the interest rates sorry their monthly payments go up on their mortgage that's fact in most cases yeah but I've been we've been constantly reassuring people in terms of you know just make sure that you're getting the right advice sit down with us speak to us don't listen to everything that you are hearing on the radio or reading in the newspapers because there is a lot misleading information out there and there is mortgage advice coming from people that are not trained mortgage advisors even martin lewis the other day said said you know gave mortgage advice to the nation yes i heard that and it was inaccurate it was, yeah. it was inaccurate exactly yes and yes lewis, who a lot of people respect but he he's not a mortgage advisor and shouldn't shouldn't be mentioning such subjects with, without experience. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you, actually, Nicola. And that's why we've got you on the show, because mortgages are not our thing. We sell houses. We rent houses. That's what we do. Uh, and that's our specialist subject. And I know that with your specialist subject, you deal with a lot of London clients. We will be giving you the details, folks, so you can get in touch with Nicola and DM Mortgages, because they do a lot of London-based clients as well, even though they're based further north. Yes. So um, just on with the first question, we've had the interest rate rise. What I want to understand is we we know that the reasons for the rise are to try and curb inflation and mm. to try and calm markets and give mm. confidence back so that the pound doesn't slip off the page and we end up with even higher rates later. Um, yes. But in terms of the effect and impact that then has onto mortgages, from yes. what I'm understanding so far, correct me if I'm wrong here, it appears that the two and five year fixed rates at the moment mm-hmm. are in the same place as they were before the announcement. Is that broadly correct? correct. And yeah, absolutely. So in and, and in actual fact, Ken, we have seen over the last few weeks a few lenders actually start reduce rates slightly. Yeah. Now, so what we're saying is that they'd already discounted the fact that this rate was coming. Exactly. In the rates that were currently advertised. So exactly. the news could not be as bad as it, it somehow looks, as you say. You know, good okay. news is sensational. And this is not sensationalism. Everything stays the same. But actually, it is confidence uh, inspiring. Correct. So these products that are on that the mortgage lenders are offering were already repriced to take into account what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not... Um, 
And as well, I also think because, of course, if we go back, say, three or four weeks ago, the prediction for the base rate was that it would rise to somewhere around the 6% mark. Yes. But that prediction um, now stands at around 4.5%, they think, by the back end of next summer, um, early autumn. So, yeah. So actually, things are looking a little bit more positive in that sense than they did three or four weeks ago. And I actually think that a lot of banks overestimated at that time um, and repriced their products probably slightly too high, actually. So, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see another major jump in mortgage interest rates. They have been set at a rate to take a lot of this into account already. And I hope that gives some reassurance to. Yeah, that will be really encouraging for a lot of our listeners and viewers, I know. Um, Now, in terms of um, what I did want to talk about, because I think it's really important, I know you're in a sort of middle to working class area as we are, and there'll be a lot of people under a lot of pressure right now. Um, And I I wanted to ask you the question of if I'm in trouble, you know, I've now got this huge problem because I could handle the fuel bills going higher. Um, and I could handle my mortgage going higher, but actually both at once I can no longer handle. What advice have you for people that find themselves in a situation where that mortgage is becoming a problem? Yeah, because inevitably some people are going to be in that situation, absolutely. So, I mean, the one thing I would say is that um, you you need to speak to a professional. Um, Yeah. You know, you don't, struggle on your own making the, the these important choices you need to sit down with somebody like ourselves that's dealing with this day in day out but if you are really struggling to meet those payments and you've done everything you can again before um you know your mortgage if you fall behind with your mortgage payments that's going to be taken a lot se- more seriously on your credit file than it is yeah. you know your, your gas bill or your water bill yes. so if we can do everything we can to avoid someone being in that situation, we would explore things like, and this isn't me giving advice, so please, guys, don't don't run yes. and do what I'm saying because this, these solutions are not right for every situation. You, you but, need to speak to people individually, right, to give proper exactly. advice. This and is I just a general to... overview snapshot. Yeah, Correct. So some things that we've been doing to help people are things like extending their mortgage term, for example, so that if you're extending right. your mortgage term, that naturally brings the payments um down and that's of course a way that you might be able to meet that payment rather than missing the payment and it affecting your credit rating um other things that we've been exploring with clients again you know variable rates are something that some people are considering tracker rate products of course that comes with its risks because as the bank of england base rate goes up if you're on a tracker rate your payments will go up but there is a saving to be made certainly in the short term for those considering tracker rate products yeah and what about Um, interest only nicola is that something that you do do lenders offer this because i know you know in some respects interest only is like well it's not good advice because you're never eating into the cattle but the other side is we're not in normal times are we you know it's an option for some people it's an option for some people and actually i would say certainly if you're an investor interest only is often the preferred route so for some investors they originally went on a repayment mortgage most certainly if i was an investor right now i would be exploring not necessarily doing but exploring interest only options you're exactly right ken i wouldn't you know for for someone that's um in a residential property interest only is generally frowned upon but again it's still something that potentially could help someone to go on to on a temporary basis just until they're 
in a better situation. It's not something necessarily I'd recommend yeah. on a residential mortgage long term, because, of course, the bank's still going to want you to repay that debt yes. when the end no. of the term comes. So, again, if you're going to look at an interest only option, I'd say approach it with caution and just yes. make sure that you are getting advice. And another thing also to explore is um, a lot of clients at the moment are considering also offset mortgages. So with an offset mortgage, if you have got and, you know, a large amount of savings in the bank, then offsetting that against your monthly mortgage payments can, yeah. can help, especially in a time yeah. like... We, we found that brilliant personally, actually. And that's something that I think if you are in business, perhaps, and your cash flow varies and you do find you can put more to one side for a brief period of time, it can make a massive difference to the amount outstanding, can't it? And it can really help. Yeah. Now, just in terms of stages, Nicola, because a lot of people would be thinking about this, but they'll be quite frightened to approach their lender. Would you advise that someone, if they're struggling to make the next payment, for instance, what are the steps? Should they firstly speak to someone like yourself before speaking to the lender or should they approach the lender first of all? Or is there a chance they put a black mark on their record by just approaching the lender? What would you say on that? Absolutely. So I would, um, and sorry, actually, I should have added that to the last point. I think it would be a good idea to speak to a professional in the first instance. Yeah. Because like I say, there could be solutions that we can look at to bring those payments down to avoid you having to make a payment arrangement with the lender. Because yeah. once you make a payment arrangement with the lender, again, I don't mean to worry anybody, but that is going to affect your credit rating. It's on your credit file. Yeah. Exactly. And that's going to affect you the next time you come to remortgage or get, you know, take yeah. out any kind of credit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that people should not go down that route. If, But, but for me, that's a last resort. Yes, yes. And of course, the problem, I should say, with when once that's on your credit file, it restricts the number of lenders. And it's kind of it can be a bit of a vicious spiral for people, can't it, Nicola? Correct. And I think as well, a lot, some people really underestimate even just what one missed payment can, can do. It yeah. can really knock out quite a significant pool of lenders. Some lenders just don't like, you know, even if you've missed just one payment on your credit card, they just don't like it. So, um, but equally though, again, I don't want people to kind of um, overly worry and end up getting themselves into a worse situation because yeah. they are scared to talk to the lender. If we've looked at solutions as a mortgage professional and we still can't find one, then of course you need to speak to the lender. What I never would advise is burying your head in the sand. That is not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me a great soundbite earlier on, actually, Nicola, when we were off air. I don't know whether you recall what you said about people not doing anything. Yes. Yes, I do. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of this recently because of the fact that rates have gone up, um, sometimes people are in a scenario where they don't make a decision. And I think we spoke, didn't we, Ken? I said to you that indecision is still a decision. You're deciding not to act. Yeah. And yeah. that isn't, again, you know, if, if you make a conscious decision to say, look, I've weighed up all the pros and cons and I'm actively making a choice to not do anything, that's entirely different. But yeah. being in that zone of indecision really doesn't doesn't pay off in my experience for very succinctly put yeah i agree nicola and i I think you've put it very well because it it will hopefully startle those that are doing nothing that need to do something into taking some action and that can only be a good thing in the scheme of of where we are now absolutely but also as well i don't want people to take that you know making knee-jerk reactions isn't what i'm saying either it's just about getting proper advice weighing up all of the, the information and then that puts you in a position to be able to make the best informed choices and whether that's to go with that product or not go with that product fine but you need to get to that end 
position of making a decision of some kind. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about really in times like this, when everything's a little bit frightening, I always say, you know, control what you can within your own environment. Don't worry too much about what's going on with a wider economy and Russia and interest rates and everything else, because it is depressing. Um, But if you actually look and focus on what you can control within your own environment, then you find it's a much more fruitful project. Completely agree, because we're having conversations with some clients who just are are not used to seeing four or five percent. It's new to them because they've bought a property in the last 10 years. Um, They don't know what things were like pre-2008. So, again, they're deciding, they're they're kind of burying their head in the sand because they're thinking, surely, you know, surely there'll be a better deal out there or surely the figures will just magically change. And and it's not. No, I I don't know about you, Nicola. What do you think about this? I mean, my, my gut feeling is, I, I don't want to be alarmist because it's not in my nature either, but I am a realist. And yes. I do think the era of very cheap money has yes. gone and probably never to return. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's where people, I think maybe some are just thinking, oh, if I wait long enough, it will go things back. will change. And yes. that's not likely. It's not because what we have to remember is that the last over the last 10 years plus, the base rate's been at 0.1%. That's the lowest it's ever been in history. Yeah. So we're not like that. The last 10 years have been unusual times. But yeah. again, if that's all you know, to you, it would be normal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not normal. So to me, what, what's happening now is that we are resuming back to normal times. Yes, it's probably yeah. happened a lot quicker than it usually would. I mean, yeah. I think that's probably what's took people by surprise as well, myself included. I wouldn't have expected it to, um, you know, escalate as quickly as it as it has in the last couple of months. But but these are, you know, interest rates at four or five percent. That is normal. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have to adjust to that, don't we? And I know some people are worried that property prices might fall off a cliff because of this. But there is a reason why they won't. And that is. In my view, if you look, first of all, at the whole of the market, actually over 50 percent of people in the UK, I think it's 54 percent, actually, own their properties outright in cash. Yes. So they're largely unaffected by this. And then of the remainder, some of those will have very low or very little mortgages anyway. Um, And it's it's the ones that are highly geared that are more vulnerable here, isn't it? Particularly with multiple buy to let properties owned in their own name um, with high um, loan to values. Most definitely. Um, Yeah, those people are going to be more at risk. But I just going back to the point you made about property prices falling off a cliff. I think I have to agree with you, Ken. You know, I don't see that that's um, going to happen. Do I think property prices will slow down? Yes. Do I think they're going to crash? No. I agree. I think there's, you know, at the end of the day, we're still not. There's not enough houses for people to live in. It's about basic supply and demand. And there is still too much demand, not enough supply. So, um, yeah, I think we have to bear that in mind. And also yeah. as well, we can't forget about the fact that people that are in rented accommodation as well, their rents are going to go up as a result of this. 100%. It's already happening and it's happening uh, massively. And this is something that, you know, it, it, some people might have thought, oh, interest rates are going up, so what, that are renting property. But they're starting to feel the brunt of that now. Because landlords obviously are looking to protect their positions just in order to stay still. And in some instances, that means massive rent rises for their tenants. Exactly. And what you're also finding as well from a mortgage perspective is that 
um, the stress testing for buy-to-let lenders has um, tightened up and increased recently as well. So for buy-to-let or investors to buy their next investment or even remortgage existing ones, what's happening is that it's not for it, it's quite often now not fitting on those affordability yeah. in terms of the rental income that that property is going to fetch isn't enough to service yeah. the loan or that's how the lender perceives it. So again, lenders or sorry, landlords are going to be faced in a choice where if they haven't upped their rents already, then you know yeah. if it's going to mean that they can get that um, remortgage, then of course that's going to have to what they're going to have to do in in many cases Mm. yeah you touch on a good point there and certainly something that we've come across already is that those stress tests now at a much higher level do mean that even (sighs) the kindest landlord just to stay still if they're refinancing will need to do something because the they just won't reach the correct ratios of rent versus mortgage in order to give the lender the security that they're used to um, and that's a real issue and, and one that I think is going to get worse because obviously a lot of people come off fixed rate more. I know there are a lot of people on fixed rate mortgages. That's the other thing to say. And they're yes. unaffected um, yes. for the time being. Um, yes. And so there. But then I, I think it's about 300,000 people per month come off the current fixed rates. That's a huge amount of people, isn't it? Across the UK, all of a sudden looking at new rates that perhaps don't even look at the news regularly. And all of a sudden have gone, oh, gosh, where, where's that 2 percent fix I could have done, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of a lot of people at the moment that are tied into fixed rates are thinking, you know, should I pay the early exit fee to come out of it? And again, yeah. with all of those kinds of choices, it's all about the numbers. So you just need to speak to, you know, you yeah. need to speak to us. You need us to sit down, look at the numbers, look at the pros and cons, and then that will allow you to make an informed um, decision. But the one point actually as well that I will make, and I've heard this um, not just from Martin Lewis, but from a few podcasts, um, and I don't agree, um, is that people are saying, oh, you know, maybe stay on the standard variable rate. Because when you come to the end of a fixed rate product, automatically yes. go on to the standard variable rate. Okay. Yeah. And the standard variable rate in comparison to fixed rates looks more attractive than it did. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, stay on the standard variable rate. And I'd say that's that's just not, not good advice because and this isn't me saying don't go on to the standard variable rate. But what I am saying is that there are other types of variable rates competitive than a standard variable rate that you can go on to and still have no early exit fee. So, for yeah. example, a tracker rate mortgage. A tracker rate mortgage is um, is generally going to be more competitive than a variable rate. Yeah. Now, Nicola, can I just stop you? Can I just wind you back there just on tracker rates? Because obviously some of our listeners won't understand that term. Could you explain how a tracker works? Yes. So how a tracker works is it basically tracks um, an interest rate, usually the Bank of England base rate. So let's say that the base rate at the moment is at 3%. So if you were on a tracker rate mortgage, your lender might say, "Okay, your monthly payments are going to mirror the Bank of England base rate plus, for example, 1%. So if I was on a deal that was um, base rate plus 1%, that means I'm paying 4% of my interest rate. If the base rate then at the next announcement went up by half a percent, that then makes my interest rate at 4.5%. So it would track movements in the base rate, basically. Yes. Um, and with, like I say, those deals can sometimes often be more competitive than standard variable rates, but they can come, not always, but often without early repayment charges as well. So, again, yeah. it's 
open to the idea of a variable rate. Don't just assume that it should be the standard variable rate. I yeah. think say there are different types of variable rates out there that you can explore. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and the, the early repayment charges, for those that don't know, are charges that lenders put on because often they're giving you a better deal than their standard variable, such as a three year fix might come with a penalty of a 2% of the loan during yes. the time if you want to come away from that deal. The idea is you're betting on the rates being worse than the rate you're being offered over that two or, or three year period. Um, right. And they're very popular. But it's interesting what you say, because some people will be thinking perhaps of exiting uh, the property and selling up at some point, and therefore they don't want those exit fees. And a tracker could be a good option, even though exactly. the risk is that interest rates go up further and faster than people anticipate. Exactly. So there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons to a fixed rate. There's pros and cons to a variable rate. It's about what works for you as an individual. And that's going to be different for everybody. So again, yeah. hence why I say speak to us, get advice from a professional. Um, this is what we do day in, day out. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of where you see rates going next, um, the next important meeting is coming up and that's going to be Jeremy Hunt on the 17th of November. Yes. Um, and there are three areas that I can see that are going to affect some investors. The first is non-DOMs, uh, people that do not live in the UK but own properties here. I think he's going to hit them with some extra stamp duty. That would be my guess there. Uh, also, uh, dividend tax. Yes. That's another thing that I think is going to be hit. Uh, and yeah. capital gains tax as well. Um, yes. So there are lots of areas that look like they're going to be hit quite hard in November. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a case of, it, it, yeah, I don't know what to say to that one, Ken, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I could it, do some positivity into that one, but I'm just <laughs> Well, look, the, the truth is that the current circumstances come with a degree of pain, don't they? We all have, well, to, exactly. we have to be realistic about that on the one hand. On the other hand, we've got to look at what, what we can do going forward and how we can be positive. And one of the ways you can be positive is by taking action rather than inaction. And I think that's something yes. you've got across very clearly, Nicola. How can people contact you? Um, so we have a YouTube channel, um, which is DM Mortgages. Um, you can head to our website, which is DM, so Delta Mike dot mortgage, DM dot mortgage. Um, and there you'll find lots of information about us and you can contact us via phone, email. You can book an appointment online as well. Our website does allow you yeah. to do that. So we'd be more than happy to sit down um, with anyone that's, um, again, just to add another tip in there, actually. So if you are tied into a fixed rate, guys, the best time to start reviewing your options is when that deal it has six months left on it. Again, I think there's still quite a little bit of confusion and a lot of clients are leaving it too mm. late bit too late in my opinion yeah. so really you should start looking at your options six months before your mortgage product is that's due. interesting yeah that and gives you, you enough time to lock in a deal essentially. yeah and could you actually at that point actually lock in a new deal six months prior is that possible okay so or is that too some, early some so if you're looking at stay if you're staying with your current lender then some banks allow you to reserve a product with them six months in advance. But most right. banks will only allow that three to four months in advance gotcha. without you having to pay the early exit fee, as you mentioned before. However, if you're looking at moving to a new lender, then yes, you can make an application with a new lender 
Um, that usually takes maybe two, three weeks for a lender to approve. Yeah. And once you have a mortgage offer, that offer then stays on the table for six months. So as long as you set a completion date within that six month period, you would still be honoured the same interest rate as when you submitted the application as of today, for example. So that's why we're encouraging people to start looking at the option six months in advance for sure. Again, yeah. whether or not you act on them six months in advance, that's going to depend on the individual scenario. But yeah. definitely check in with us at that point. Yeah. And there are, are you finding a lot of landlords that are now looking at incorporating and becoming limited companies because of the Section 24 tax rules where they can't offset the whole interest rate as an individual against tax? Um, do you know, we haven't actually seen that many that have it in their individual name making the transfer. I get the feeling that people perhaps think it's a bit too much hassle. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. We find the same, Nicola, is that it, yeah. it is quite a lot of hassle. And yeah. the question has to be, there are some, I don't know whether you heard the stories about the LLP, the route where you pay no stamp duty and you transfer it into it. It all sounds a bit too schemy for me and likely to be latched onto by uh, the tax office and in a negative way. So, But in terms of individuals, I think it depends on the size. What we're seeing is more people now buying in limited companies than ever before. That's what I was just going to say. We're seeing more people um, starting their portfolio with the intention of having it under a limited company as opposed to people moving from individual to limited company in our experience. That's our experience too, is that the individuals are tending to stay individuals, um, but new purchases coming along are tending to be limited companies, especially where the plan is to expand quite a large portfolio. Yes, absolutely. Um, And how as well, Ken, just a few questions for you. How have you been finding things, your side of things in terms of, you know, the number of properties coming to market? Have you seen slowdown? You know, what's your experience? Well, we're independent. And uh, in that way, what we tend to do is we've always tended to have a lower volume of property available at any one time. We have a reputation that goes back 30 years and obviously do the same things as the bigger corporates. But some people will naturally gravitate to either the onlines because they're cheap or the big corporates because they're bigger, inverted commas, known names. But what we find is that in a tighter market, Mm. it actually becomes a bit easier for us because people then need the people that have experience, I mean, you know, we've been through two recessions before. I know exactly what to do to make sure you get the best price on your property. Most okay. people that have been in the business for the last 10 years have never seen a major recession and don't understand what they need to do to make sure that client's house gets sold because it's okay. different. It's yeah. very different. So from our point of view, what we find, funnily enough, is an increased level of instruction from other agents that hasn't sold. Uh, is coming and we're starting to get in quite some a lot of people that are currently on the market with other agents and they're worried they're not selling they don't know why they're not selling and we're giving them advice um, and things like timing can be critical you know when you time the release of the property the pricing is much more sensitive and much more critical to achieving a sale price you know buyers are very astute something hangs around for a long time nobody else wants it why would i want it so you have to have a strategy around these things. So from our point of view, the recession is one of those things that, look, nobody wants it. As you said before, we, you know, we don't want to be negative, but we do want to be real. It's tough yes. out there. It's going to get tougher. Um, yes. And what we're seeing at the moment is a number of buy-to-let landlords, particularly individuals rather than limited companies, mm-hmm. deciding that it might be the time for exit. You probably know we've got some major legislation coming up in the Renters Reform Act. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which includes the abolishing of Section 21 no for eviction notices. And that's currently going through Parliament with all party support. So is likely to go through. I think this may scare quite a few landlords into deciding to sell. The problem that gives is twofold. Number one, there's no there's no alternative. There aren't any properties out there for tenants as it is. So it's, it's really tough out there for, for tenants. Uh, so we really feel for them because what happens is that limited supply leads to an even further push on the rents, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't help anybody. Um, so we're finding a lot of landlords. The average landlord we find locally, I don't know if you find this, is normally has just one other property. They have their own property and just one other. Uh, and therefore, many of those have been with us for many years and therefore they sit on substantial equity. And yes. if you if they feel like the government doesn't like or want landlords or it's too difficult, then the tendency is to think, well, actually, I can take that hundred thousand or a couple of hundred thousand profit. Thank you very much. And do something else with it where I don't have these hassles. Um, so there's a real danger of that, I think, at the moment. And I, I do think we're in for not just an economic crisis, but more than that the biggest rental crisis we've ever, ever seen. I've already in 30 years, I've never seen such a shortage of rental supply. And our business is split about 50-50 down the middle. We do about half on rentals and half on sales. So we really do see those trends change from one side to the other. Um, and at the moment, what we're finding is that there is very little in the way of supply. We're lucky because we've got a lot of landlords that have relied on us for many years and continue to give us back their properties. But of course, if you're a tenant and you see the rents rising around you and no availability, the last thing you do is move. So mm-hmm. the transitional effect that we would normally see where tenants think, I'll just move on to the new one, they're not moving. They're staying put. Uh, you know, and most most of the time, landlords are being quite kind. You know, I say yeah. kind, inverted commas. Um, the business like but kind. So, for instance, let's say that somebody's been renting a property and its value was one thousand pounds per calendar month, and the current rate now is probably one thousand three hundred. The landlord might increase it, but not to one thousand three hundred, maybe to eleven hundred. Um, yes. So the tenant gets an advantage, and the landlord gets an advantage. The tenant's advantage is they're not current, paying current value, and the landlord advantage is they've still got that great tenant that's always looked after their place. So there is a kind of quid pro quo that goes on there. But obviously, the pressure that comes from rising interest rates does away with that for reasons we've already discussed. Definitely. And the good point that you raise in terms of because we are seeing, you're exactly right, landlords are starting to think, you know, what else could I do with that equity in that property? Also, as well, of course, you know, the introduction of the EPC rating in 2025 having to be a C or above, I think that's going to impact on investors are thinking moving forward. But to add a positive in there, (laughs) um, because like you say, we don't want it all to be doom and gloom, as there are going to be a lot of investors exiting. Yeah. That could create an opportunity. It does create an opportunity, definitely, you know. It's like Warren Buffett said, isn't it? You know, be greedy whenever everyone else is fearful. (laughs) Be fearful when everyone else is greedy. And and it's true. You know, the opportunities come at these times for sure. And when I look back in time, I can remember back in the late 80s where people weren't buying. And one particular investor we had was still buying. And everyone used to call him Mad Graham, you know, because he was buying stuff, you know. And then when we look back five years later, nobody was laughing because yeah. Graham was the one that was now living overseas and not working anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah there, there is an opportunity there for sure. And also, you know, one of the other things on the positive side, we found um, when the pandemic hit, everybody said property prices were going to fall through the floor, as they're saying now. They also said that no one will pay their rent and everything would be terrible. What our experience of the hundreds of landlords we have and the hundreds of tenants we have was initially tenants would call up and say, 
your landlords are getting a payment holiday. We want a more, we want a rent holiday. But once we had a conversation with them and made them realize that actually the, the holidays that landlords were getting weren't actually holidays, they were just deferred interest, meaning the landlord was actually paying more later. And then all of a sudden tenants realized that there was no free lunch here for the landlord either and paid their rent. And mm-hmm. we had very, very few problems indeed over the whole pandemic. We do have some fantastic tenants, and, and that's a lot about selection, which is something we do well. But by the same token, you know, what else could you invest in with such little stress in such extreme times? You know, because yeah. that income's been reliable for our landlords, many of whom are pensioners and rely on it for their income. And they were very scared over the pandemic that it might stop at any time. And it didn't. And yeah. that's the reliability. And if you look at the stock market now as an alternative uh, place to invest and what that's done over the last few months, well, that's a horror story compared to what's happened in the property market. And if you think of the difference in the two, I think that I'm not saying for one moment that property is it and it's the panacea any more than stock market investment is or pension is. But I do Mm -hmm. think that property should always form part of that mix for the average astute investor. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Ken. Great. Well, it's been great chatting with you, Nicola. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Perhaps we can have another chat sometime down the road when it's all settled in a bit and see how you're getting on, how people are doing and what it's like on at the coalface, so to speak, with you. That sounds good to me. I've enjoyed this morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. And thanks for listening, everybody. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Buyer, Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. Until then, look after yourselves and your family. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today. And thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 